You're listening to ROD, coming at you live. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the AutoD Show here on Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Networks, broadcasting from high above Camelback Road in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Otto Daniolo, and tonight is Jenny Frank, best known for some of her work with her bandmates and Elliot Waits for No One, but also with a lot of really cool solo stuff, so I'm interested in uh, finding out what her focus is at this point, primarily. And she'll be on the show uh, talking with me right after this first record, from the Fervor Records catalog called You Make Me Feel by the Mail Order Brides. Check it out on the Auto D Show. And that was You Make Me Feel by the Mail Order Brides here on the Auto D Show, which is brought to you in part by my good friends at Fervor Records and also by TheRecordingArtist.com, where every Wednesday evening I record bands live online. And you can watch. In fact, you can even participate. To learn more, visit TheRecordingArtist.com. And uh, in fact, we have a TV show on Amazon Prime, Season 2, 
is underway, and we're going to be launching our own Roku channel, which drops in about three weeks. So uh, you got to get over to therecordingartist.com and check that out. Check out a ton of cool bands. But uh, enough of that. Let's get to our guest tonight, who's also a cool artist and in a cool band, calling from uh, Wisconsin. This is uh, Jenny Frank. Jenny, how are you doing? Hey, Jenny, are you there? Hello? Hello. I, can you hear me? Uh, no. <laughs> you can't hear me very well? Or you can't hear me at all? Ah, here, that's better. All right, I'm on live. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, I was like, hello, hello? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're okay right now, you can hear me? Yeah. Fantastic. Now, you you mentioned uh, in, in our emails that you're uh, in Door County, Wisconsin. Where's Door County? So Door County is, uh, it's, uh, they they call it the Cape Cod of the Midwest. It's um it's the peninsula in Wisconsin, and it's, it's that if you look on a map, it's that little finger that mm-hmm. um, in kind of off in Lake Michigan, and uh, it's just it's just beautiful. They've got little harbor towns um, all up and down. It's 400 miles of um, of coast of of, of uh, the, the lake. That's pretty so cool. We're surrounded by yeah yeah. It's really it's really relaxing. It's cold, but um, but it makes up for it. How, how far are you from Delavan? Uh, Delavan, Wisconsin? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I would say... It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, just, I was yeah, there, probably, I was there I recently. So. I'm guessing maybe three hours. That's, okay. that's my, that off the top of my head, it's cool. probably about three hours. Yeah. And so what, uh, what has you in Wisconsin? Were you born and raised there, or what, what happened? So I was born and raised in Illinois in a, a little town called St. Charles, Illinois. It's a, a northwest suburb of Chicago. Cool. And I used to vacation um, up here in Door County every summer. When I was when I was little, we used to do our family vacations up here. Oh, okay. And it's just, uh, you know, the state parks and the hiking and... So it's all, it's kind of nostalgic for me to to be able to live up here now. That's very very cool. I used to work yeah. with some bands in Wisconsin, but it was probably way before your day. There was a band called Aircraft that was locally uh, significant back in the uh, let's see maybe the eighties. Uh, okay. And then another band that was less significant called Another Carnival were out of Eau Claire. They were a cool little band too. So I used yeah, to used to go up there and make very, records. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So now, do you have a place you'd like to record up in uh, Wisconsin? So we um, record right from our home studio. Okay. And we actually, we do a lot of remote work with uh, 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 Jabin Pinnell. He runs Vibe House Productions in uh, Rockford, Illinois. Mm -hmm. So we kind of go back and forth and we do a lot of work with him. But yeah, right here. That's pretty cool. We We just, we get to wake up, roll out of bed and get to work (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty cool you know the world yeah the world of recording and music is very different than it was uh you know 10 years ago 20 years ago it's just completely different it is yes it is it's very mobile now yeah exactly so you guys uh do you have a big outdoor life up there yes yes a lot of fishing on the lake yeah yeah fishing um we really like to in the winter like right now is, is the perfect time for we do a lot of kick sledding 
um, uh, snowshoeing, and there's a little snowmobiling going on, but there's there hasn't been too much snow this year to do that. Right. And then in the in the summer we like to we have kayaks. We like to go kayaking and just hiking. There's 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 so much hiking up here as there is I'm sure is in uh, in Arizona. You guys have a lot of that going on too. Yeah, the hiking here is out on desert paths. You know, it's very different. Yeah, very different. Yeah, you but, guys got the cactus view and that's which true. is nice. It's it's good. Yeah. Well, you've spent some time in Arizona. Tell me about that. Oh yeah, Arizona is beautiful. Um, I've been to uh, been to the Grand Canyon. Visited that in Sedona. Um, I, I did some, I, I, and that's, this is where I thought I had met you. I did some, uh, some events for the Super Bowl in 2015 mm-hmm. and, uh, the music scene is just, it's just rocking out there. It's just, oh I gosh. love it out there in, in Phoenix where you're at. Yeah. I didn't want to leave. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know what, it's back in 2015, um, I thought it was pretty cool and I thought it was at a kind of a peak, but it's really cooler now. Even it just keeps getting cooler. It does. It seems like it's growing. You know, it really is. And I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show. I have a a recording show I do every week called The Recording Artist, where I'm challenged by my crew to bring a band in my studio and cut a record in under two hours live online, you know, five cameras, everybody's watching. And it's a membership site. So uh, some one membership allows people to actually vote on what song the band's going to do. They don't even know what song they're going to do. And then uh, they also get to chat with us on our big screen while we're working and, and making the, the recordings. And so we had to find bands, a different band, every week for the show. And I can tell you that we started with a spreadsheet of over 200 bands in Metro Phoenix area that did original music that we wanted on the show. I mean, it's, that's wow. unbelievable, you know. So we've, Yeah, that's like, that's tough. That's a lot of groups. You know, most markets yeah. don't have that kind of original material, uh, quality material floating around, so... Um, it's, it is a really, really unique market, I think. And it's a, it's a cool place to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. Cool out there. So in a couple of weeks, we got the Super Bowl coming back again. So you're going to come out and play some shows during that week? No, I'm going to be up here in, in, uh, good old Wisconsin for, for that show. I wish I could be there. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. You guys. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little are bit you gonna about, be, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Are you, you going to be going to the Super Bowl? Actually, a funny thing, on Super Bowl Sunday, which is probably the best day to do this, I'm going to the airport and flying out of town. <laughs> there probably won't be anybody at the airport. Oh, no. Yeah, that's a, that sounds like the perfect day. <laughs> yeah, I'm headed, I'm headed to, toward you. I'm actually flying to Chicago and then uh, driving to East Galesburg, uh, where my daughter is going to give birth to her first child, which will be my first grandchild. So, oh, uh, congratulations. Yeah, so it's all planned for delivery on Valentine's Day. It'll be a C-section. So at least with the planning, um, you have a little bit more control. So That's uh, so cool. Yeah, I'm excited. So I'm going to meet you know my first grandson here uh, next two yeah. weeks. So that's better than being that's, here for the Super Bowl. I was going to say, that, that sort of surpasses any Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah. So uh, I'll see what the weather's like in a couple of weeks. Hopefully the roads are clear and I can drive, still drive in snow and ice. But, uh, it'll be, yeah, it'll be fun. It's nothing like out here. I mean, we were all complaining uh, last week because we actually covered the flowers out front because it got down to 30, 32 degrees at night, you know. Um, and I remember being in northern Minnesota in the winter going ice fishing where the wind chill was like 20, 30 degrees below. And, you know, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different world. Yeah. Yeah, it is. 
And since it's cold it a bit, do you guys find that you stay inside making more music than you would if you lived out in Arizona? Well, yeah, you know, that's the thing is um, in the winter, it's it kind of dies because we're kind of we're in a tourist um, area. So mm-hmm. in the summer, it, it kind of you know it flares up with, with the people and the events and mm-hmm. and everything like that. And then in winter, it, 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 it slows down, gets to a slower pace. It's, it's a lot quieter and. Um, you know, if you're if you're a writer of any kind, it's it kind of that's where you kind of like find your inner peace again, and you can kind of dig into writing and creating. Mm-hmm. Well, listen. Speaking of your your music and writing, you've got solo albums out, I believe, plus uh, your band Elliot Waits for No One. Um, can you give me a chronology of that? In other words, your album Beautiful Lies, your album Black Crows, uh, is that all before Elliot Waits for No One, or is that the same time yes yes that's all um my solo career happened before i uh formed elliot waits for no one okay um i had actually never been able to write with anyone until um i met the, pe- the other band members of elliot waits for no one so i i was a solo singer songwriter for um 15 years okay that's in the chicagoland area and in Midwest mm-hmm. area too. So and oh then um, I grew up playing yeah. in bar bands out of Peoria, Illinois, and I think I played every bar in Iowa and Central Illinois. If yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we sat yeah, down so and you had know. a drink, we probably have some story. I bet we played the same. I don't know those places still be open. Where, where we I we probably did play some of the same places. Yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so Good what time. what got you what got you started? Did you come from a family full of music, or how'd you get into this whole thing? So I've always been just inclined to play music and to and to write. I was more I was more of a poetry writer than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, my my grand my great grandmother uh, was a music teacher, so I think that's where where my musical influence in my family comes from. Interesting. Yeah. And what was the first um, thing you played? So the first thing I played was violin. Okay. And that was. I wasn't. It was around when I was seven or eight years old. I wasn't very good at it. Well, it's an easy um, thing. It's an easy thing to really make to really sound bad at. Yeah, it takes some practice. <laughs> you, you know what? It's kind of a. This is kind of a, a funny story, and I hate to admit it, but I mean, I was okay. Keep in mind, I was like seven years old right. um, when I was picking the instrument. So I picked violin, but I had really wanted to pick the cello. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I got the violin, and I was like no I wanted the cello and my parents were like well you're stuck with it now I was like okay so so I did the best I could with it and then um then I moved to clarinet and uh piano and then guitar mm-hmm. and I loved all of those so okay. I yeah I wasn't a very good good violin player but well you were very beginners. you were very young it kind of introduced you to the whole concept of playing music have you you don't still have a violin I don't have a violin. I still have a clarinet, but no, I don't have a violin. Interesting. And do you still play the clarinet? <laughs> um, I am going to get back into playing the clarinet for some music on our uh, on Elliot Waits for No One. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah, it is going to be fun. <laughs> and do you have any, any interest in playing violin again? I mean, do you, do you think one day maybe you try that? You know, I, yeah, actually, I probably would now that you bring that up. Because uh, I think it's, um, I mean, they're the good violinists around town here. Uh, you you never want to be without one when you need one because 
it's like you have to be really, really good to be to be okay. You know, you need you can't take an okay player. There's no frets on the thing. The player has to That's be really, true. really good to be worth to be able to be on the job. You know, so um, yeah, yeah. When you hear someone play well, it's uh, it's really exciting. I think that would be fun to be able to play violin well. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think I think you uh, you brought up a good point. Maybe I will take that up again. It <laughs> <laughs> could be fun. Now, I've seen pictures of you slinging a Stratocaster and, you know, rocking out on your guitar. Uh, do you prefer guitar to, to piano? I, I do. I prefer guitar to piano because it's just easier. It's more portable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's easier to, to lug around than a keyboard. And uh, I seem, I write music. I write my songs, um... I, I just gravitate to the guitar for songwriting. And as a guitar player, songwriter, do you always use normal tuning or do you go off into the deep end like a lot of these guys and use all these different tunings for different songwriting? I tend to say that my guitar is tuned to drop D tuning and that's where I tend okay. to cool. to stay, yeah. Yeah, I, I leave mine in, in normal, and I can't, I, I can't get, wrap my mind around changing the tuning of it. It's like t- it turns it into a different instrument. I don't want to learn how to play that one. <laughs> yeah. That's true. You know what? And I'm, I'm envious of people that can do that because yeah. I've tried to do that. I've tried to write music doing using the different tunings and stuff, and it's just, yeah, it does. It really does turn it into a whole different instrument. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of the guitar players I know who can do all of that, I look at them and go, okay, you're what I call a guitar player. And I'm what I call a person who plays guitar. You know, I can bang, yeah. I can bang out my chords. I can play my songs. And if I really rehearse that solo, I might be able to pull it off on stage. But uh, there's no, I, I can't just change the tuning on my guitar and tell you what chord I'm playing. And you know, me either. <laughs> that's why I call myself a songwriter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. How many songs yeah. would you say you've written? Oh, I've, I've over, well over a hundred. Okay. How old were you when yeah. you wrote your first song? Um, my first like real song, I would say I was thirteen or fourteen. Wow, that's not bad. How about you? Yeah, first? and that's, about- that's it's actually on the Beautiful Lies album. It's called Hope in Yourself. Oh, cool! It made it. It made it. It graduated all those years. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Now, yeah. was Beautiful Lies your first album then? No, no, that was my fifth album my fifth solo album okay so when did your association uh with dark star records start with beautiful eyes okay so how to tell me how that came about because dark star is a is a decent size you know indie label right they're distributed through sony and universal i think or were or are yeah so that's an interesting story because dark star is more of a uh, metal label okay and I and I'm not metal. And when I uh, kind of integrated into that uh, that label, when I when I became when I was on that label, I uh, I was the only singer songwriter that they had. So I was on a I don't know if like like another branch of the label. It was called like sixty nine nineteen like records, and mm-hmm. uh, it was a very short lived branch, and they. That that branch died died out, and they agreed to take my music on, and we we had a really good relationship. I was a l- little bit nervous to go on to Dark Star because of the musical difference, mm-hmm. but um, I really liked their distribution, and the the president of the label is 
he's just the best. He's so nice and uh, so easy to talk to. Um, so I've just, I've had a good relationship with them. So I haven't switched labels or felt the need to go elsewhere. That's cool. Well, I think, you know, like so many things in life and certainly in this business, it is all about relationships. And so if uh, the president of the label likes you and you feel like you have a good relationship with them, who cares? <laughs> you know, they can figure it out. Yeah, put your right. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking. Who cares? Yep. <laughs> cool. Well, I want to, yeah. so how long was it uh, where you, I think you said you were solo for 15 years before you put this band together? Yes. So tell me a little bit about this band, Elliot Waits for No One. So I met, I actually met uh, Brian. He's the other uh, guitarist and singer and songwriter. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, I met him on Dark Star Records. He was on Dark Star. And he was um, in a project called My Infected Soul. And I really enjoyed his music. And I met him at a label meeting. And uh, we just kind of hit it off. And I was not looking to collaborate with anybody, but we just, uh, the first, the very first song we wrote together was called "Sick of It All," okay. and it just kind of we just kind of spewed it out together, and mm-hmm. we're just like, "Whoa!" We're like, "Maybe we should start a band together." And he said, "I had the I have the perfect drummer, and he's he lives in Las Vegas. He also plays for the Blue Man Group." Oh, okay. Yeah, so we went out to Vegas. Um, we talked to him. We kind of had a a little powwow, and uh, while we were hiking, and he, Jeff, his name is Jeff, and he was like. I want to do this with you guys. I, I like the energy. I like the vibes. So cool. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. You go back to the co-writing thing. You mentioned that you'd never been able to co-write with somebody. That's I'm, I find that to be one of the most difficult things to do. I think it does require finding the right person. Yes. It, it requires the right person, and I think it requires uh, a lot of experience songwriting on your own. Mm-hmm before you can even dive into that, I feel like it's a different, it's a whole different way of writing. Yeah. I like, I like to lock myself in a room and I like, I like hoard my lyrics and I, I don't, you know, I don't want anyone in the house. Like if possible, I want the house to be empty. You know what I mean? <laughs> I totally do. <laughs> I was going to say, Oh my God, do I know what you're talking about? Yeah. So I've always been that type of writer. So it's definitely, uh, it was a new and refreshing experience. I feel like I've grown quite mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you write uh, on your own, did it tend to be more biographical and is co-writing more, let's write a story or how do you, how would you describe the difference there? I think you just described it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little less autobiographical when you co-write. It's more like what's the yeah, song about? It's, there's, there's still, you know, there's still always that personal touch mm-hmm. um, that you have because, cause, you know, writing anything comes from an experience with inside of yourself, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just has to. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it, it is a little, it's a little less personal and it's a little more collaborative and, uh, and you know, because the, the song still has to make sense. You know, I want the, I want the music, I'm looking more at the, the music part of it. Mm-hmm. And the lyric part of it, and they both have to tell the same story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Isn't it fun though? Sometimes you want a serious, a serious lyric with a a fun or 
or gentler piece of music so that you don't realize how serious it is so you will continue to listen you know yeah and other times yes, you, you want, want that to be irony in there yeah uh, <laughs> yeah cool. that's true i felt that uh not not to i guess it doesn't necessarily show my age to reference the beatles but still um one of the things that struck me was the song help by the beatles was was such a painful lyric to such a happy jazz hands dance song you know and I never noticed that until Deep Purple did a version of it that was so sad. And so you really felt bad listening to their version. It was intense. And I, I thought, wow, I didn't feel any of that hearing the Beatles hit song help. You know, it was just that's a true. happy-go-lucky dance. So I thought, well, that's really interesting that you can take and hide so much pain in, in, um, in a different melody, in a happy melody. And I, as a producer, I've actually used that uh, in the studio when I, when I have to say something or the, or the lyric line is so intently poignant and it's like, ooh, that's, that's tough to say. Let's put a harp on top of that really pretty or some bells over that so that it lifts, <laughs> it gives it wings, kind of lifts it off the ground for a second while you say it. So it's easier to, to hear, you know. It's kind of funny. Yeah, you, you, you got to keep the listener engaged. Yeah, because you don't want to start a song off with, you know, I'm going to blow my head off. And it's like, well, that's not going to work. You, know, you just you can't push <laughs> them away. If it's going to be about right. that, we've got to find another way there. But uh, <clears throat> interesting. Anyway, let's play one of your songs. Um, I've got a tune queued up that you sent to me called Everyone Knows. So tell me a little bit about this track. So this track was uh, actually a track that um, this, this song was sort of, ha I wrote the song a long time ago, and I wanted to put it out on a solo album when I was, you know, before I was with Ellie Waits for No One. Um, and I could never finish it. And it was always just in pieces. And uh, Brian heard what I had and he was like, this is amazing. And so he, he basically, he, he finished it. He filled in the blanks and he put, uh, there's like a doo-wop section in there. And, you know, he, he, uh, he tied in the, the verses with the choruses and it, it just turned out great. Isn't that fun? That's a co-writer. When you think, when you have something and it feels broken to you, but they can see the pieces and they know how to connect them, that's really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a great, great moment. <laughs> now, when I first played this song for myself, listening to it, I was a bit surprised. Uh, so, how would you describe this music? How would you describe the track musically? So, this song is more of a. Uh, I would describe it as a like, like a a grungy jazzy bluesy type of song the thing about elliot waits for no one is that we don't uh, one of the rules for our songwriting is that we have no rules we just wanted to make sure that the song felt complete and uh cool. and so so we're not really like we try to stay away from like pinning to like a genre or mm -hmm. you know a type you know what i mean oh totally in fact that's the way the business used to be when you look at the catalog of a band like led zeppelin they could play they played every style of music but these days you know the industry is structured in a way that an artist doesn't get to do that they're not given that opportunity typically it's hard no yeah they try to like hold the industry itself tries to pin you in a category and they want you to stay in that one category yeah because the more narrow you are the more they can market a single little thing that they feel like they know where it goes. And when, when yeah. you get a little more interesting, they don't really know where to put you or how to tell people what you are. They kind of lose that's their faith. That's true. Yeah, it's kind of strange. But I think uh, that's a great, if you can maintain that, I think that's going to be awesome. So 
So this song is out, available right now, I believe? Yeah. Cool. So people, yeah. people can find Everyone Knows by Elliot Waits for No One online. Maybe it's Spotify and all the other streaming places. Yep. Cool. Well, let's check it out, and then I'll, I'll be right back, okay? So uh, everybody listen to uh, Everyone Knows here on the Auto D Show by Elliot Waits for No One, where my guest this evening is Jenny Frank. Check it out.
listening to Auto D coming at you live. And all, all I can say is, wow, that was incredible, Jenny. That was incredible. That was everyone <laughs> knows. Yeah, for everyone knows from your band, uh, Elliot Waits for No One. That is an, just an incredible track. I, I absolutely love the uh, aggression and power uh, that's, that is, um, I guess it's kind of uh, implied that that's not going to be there by the opening horn section. And then when it comes blasting you over the back of the head, you realize what's going on. It's just incredible. I just love it. Yeah, Jay, and we had uh, we were fortunate. We had uh, J.D. Provit. He's a uh, he's on uh, lives in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He's just an amazing, amazing horn player. And uh, Michael James, he did uh, some lead guitar on that track too. Yeah, the whole track yeah. is is wonderful. I mean, I have my, a new favorite song right now. I'll probably listen to this like around the clock till I wear it out. That's usually what I do. Oh. So. <laughs> I love oh, that song. That's, awesome. that's just, I love everything about it. I can't wait to hear it again. I, in fact, I almost oh. want to just play it again. But uh, Thank you. It's very, very cool. I just love the recklessness and, and the talent. You can tell uh, hearing it. I mean, these horn players are good on the record. Uh, you can just tell everybody's good. So it's fun. It was just fun hearing that level of talent and, and a great song. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah. It means a lot from another when another songwriter says that, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I'm like, it's. I guess the, for me, the biggest compliment you can give somebody is to say, oh, I wish I'd written that, or oh, I wish I was in that band. And, you know, that song is the kind of thing where you're like, man, that I want to be on that stage when that song's being played. You know, that's going to be just a ton of fun. Just a ton of fun. <laughs> that's awesome. So when you play out, how big of a band do you play with typically? Is it typically like a three-piece, or do you ever have a chance to, to do that with a horn section? So uh, when we play out, it's, typically just actually brian and i doing um doing acoustic shows okay um we we would we are we are dying to play a, a big show with with our cello player or the horn player and at, like everybody mm-hmm. we'd love to do that yeah yeah it's if somebody would just pay us to do it <laughs> you, know? <laughs> yeah, no, you know what when that we're when the right opportunity um comes up for us we will be doing that yeah it won't be. It won't be. You know, every night or anything like that. But, um, but it will be. It, it will. It will be. It will come. It will happen. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. So who uh, who wrote the horn arrangements for the song? So uh, Brian and JD wrote the horn arrangements. Okay. Together, yeah. And you mentioned that Brian did wrote the uh, came up with that little doo-wop bit on the back. Mm, yep, and he came up with the doo-wop. So how long ago was that track caught? So that track was recorded, well, that album was released in 2020. So that, that track was probably recorded in 2018 or 19. Okay. And then as far as the band goes, uh, when was Elliot Waits for No One officially formed? What year? Elliot Waits for No One was officially formed in 2016. Okay. So you were just uh, getting going probably when the pandemic hit. Yes, we were. Yep. Did you lose a lot yeah, of shows? Yeah, that kind of threw, it threw everything off a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Did you lose a bunch of shows at the time? We did, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, a, sh- did, that, that's yeah. a very short answer, Jenny. 
<laughs> yes. Okay, good. You want me to give you another question, or do you have more to say about that? <laughs> COVID was not a fun time. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. In fact, I, yeah. as as I'm sure you have friends as well that just were just devastated by it. I mean, I know a group that uh, they'd worked so hard, and they finally had their first uh, national tour set up as an opening act, and boom, it got canceled. And, and then when things get going again, well, different bands are on the tour, and different headliners have been met and picked up, and those opportunities don't, aren't necessarily there again. So it's, it's, exactly. it's so sad for, for so many people. Yeah, the entertainment business really, uh, the whole industry just, I think it affected that area the most. Yeah. But yeah, I feel it like, affected all of us. Yeah, and I feel like the touring thing, the live performance thing, is still still coming back. It's not. It hasn't. It's not the same yet, but it's, it is coming. No, back. it's not a hundred percent yet. No, I agree with you. And then the whole. I guess maybe the pandemic had something to do with this. I assume, but uh, it taught everybody to go online, and and so I think now maybe more so than we would have had. There are opportunities for artists online, but it it really bothered me to see people I knew were really, really talented and great bands that I would pay great money to see. I hated seeing them in their kitchen playing songs by themselves, asking for a tip jar. <laughs> I did not like that either. I, I was like, no. I felt it was demeaning. I felt, But they have to make a living. And I was like, no, I should not be able to see you like this. This, this is, It's not right. It I, just totally bothered yeah, me. Yeah, it bothered me too. Me and Brian, we were like, uh, our our manager, she was like, you guys got to do some live shows like from your living room. And we're like, what? Wait, we do? Wait, are you sure? Is this a good idea? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I like this idea. And, and did you guys do that? <laughs> uh, we ended up not not doing that, no. Mm-hmm. Well, I, um, well, my hat is off to you because I think that no one saw an, another choice. You know, the, yeah. what else are you going you gonna to do? And since everybody was doing it, I mean, I mean, Melissa Etheridge was doing it. She was playing for her living room, you know, by herself. So it's like, how, how do you go? Well, I guess, you know, I, this is just what it is now. It's so disappointing. It was yeah. so disappointing. I do. I understand. I definitely understand everyone that 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 did have to do it, and that that I. I mean, I understood why they did that, but thankfully, we didn't. We didn't have to do yeah. that. Well, cool. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. I didn't. No. Have, I didn't have to either. But the truth is, I didn't lose any shows either because I don't play out a lot. So yeah, um, that was kind of wild. Um, so what have you got coming up, concert-wise? So um, we haven't. You know what? We have. A, we're working on another album. Um, so we're actually working on finishing that up. Uh, so we're just. We haven't scheduled anything for this spring or summer yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But we're really excited about the new album to happen. Cool. How deep are you into it? We're we're we've got about two more songs to go to mm-hmm. finish up, and and then uh, we're actually working on a, getting some ideas and the storyboard rolling for um, one of the songs off the album for a video. Oh, cool. Hey, I wanted to ask you about that. I um I posted to announce this interview. I posted a link to one of your YouTube videos. And I'm forgetting the title of the song right now, but it was with the the dance of the robots. You know, I think it was called "You Can't See Through Me." Is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah. That was an. Did you guys? Did they make the video for the song, or did you find a piece of footage that you used? I mean, that would that looked really high dollar and very cool. So, um, so 
so a videographer named Tim Ross did that video for us. And he, it's actually an interesting story. Um, he, the, the whole idea for that video was originally supposed to be like a real person dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, but since COVID was, was going on, he couldn't find anyone to, to, to do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he used the, those, um, the robot. I will not be and beat by a it pandemic. Actually, yeah. And it actually turned out to be really like, like perfect for the song we we saw we saw the finished product and we're like brian and i were like oh my god like this is perfect it's really cool the expressionless face faces Mm -hmm. on the robots and um that actually won seven uh seven uh short film festival awards wow yeah Yeah, (laughs) so it turned out okay yeah it's a nice piece of work and and it's it's captivating to watch because even when you watch it you think, oh, I wonder where this is going to go. And then about a minute in, you go, I think it's just going to be this, but I am I like it. I'm just going to watch yeah. these two. You know? Right. So it was very, very cool. And speaking of winning awards, uh, you recently won an award, the the Wigwam Awards. Is that the re- Wigwam? How do they pronounce that? Yeah, Wigwam. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the winner of the Best International Band. Tell me, Tell me what this is all about. So, yeah, we won the Best International Band um, of 2022 um, at the Radio Wigwam Awards. So those that is uh, a live um, award event held in London um, every year. And we cool. weren't able to, to attend it, but we were able to do a, you know, a, a, a thank you um, speech um, on the screen. I felt like I was the biggest dork. Uh, Brian and Jeff were cool, and I was just, you know... <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we'll get to go there next year and, and perform for them. But um, well, that's but yeah, cool that's that you a, that you won. How did you was there? How did you win? I'm not familiar with the uh, process. So uh, it's just a, a, a radio station. You submit your music to them, and we actually didn't know that they did this. Um, we got a an, an announcement or you know a notification that we were nominated for the best international band. And we're like, Oh wow, that's really cool. That happened in December. And, uh, we, then when we went, we were shocked that we won because there's so many talented, uh, bands and songwriters Mm -hmm. that were in this thing. So we were uh, just shocked and really grateful. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the, um, do they send you a plaque or do you get a little statue? What's, what's the award? So we, they they told us they're going to send us a statue. So we're we're still waiting on that. But it looks really cool. Other we've seen other people post theirs, and we're like, oh my god, that's so, that's so awesome. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And so, um, what was that? So I guess I'm just trying to think here. That was just for the that was the band. Do you submitted an album? Or did you submit a cut? Or how did you get? Uh, what did you submit? Yeah, we submitted our album. Okay. Yeah, the just our self-titled debut album. And have you been getting any um, terrestrial radio play with the record? Uh, we've we've gotten some radio play. Mm-hmm. It's uh, we're, we have better luck with online radio mm-hmm. than with FM radio. Okay, cool. Yeah, there's a little indie station out here you should send it to called KWSS. They're okay. a cool, cool indie station, and they've got uh, two towers. They kind of cover the whole Metro Valley, and they play uh, independent and unsigned and original music a lot. 
So with oh, um, nice. And speaking of that, is is Elliot waits for no one indie or is or is the band on Dark Dark Star still? Uh, we're on Dark Star. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. How many artists are on Dark Star? Oh, quite a bit. They've got a lot of artists. I'm not. I don't know the exact number, but they've got a lot of bands. Okay. So uh, describe for me the typical uh, gig for you guys. Do you, do you travel, like, how far away from Door County do you typically go for a gig? So we would go, um, depending on the gig, um, we would go to wherever we need to be to, to perform. But right now, um, right now as a duo, are you typically staying within an hour of the house or when you go out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we, per, we, you know, obviously um, it's always it's always best when it's close to the house, but you know, that's not, uh, that's not like a requirement. We, we do, we would travel. Do you have a standing uh, coffee house gig when you're out playing? Like a A regular every, every Tuesday or every Wednesday, someplace, one of those, you know, I used to, you know what? I used to do residency gigs. Um, yeah, when I lived closer to Chicago, I did a lot of in Chicago, mm-hmm. but not with not with Elliot Waits for no one. What's the live environment like uh, where you're at in Wisconsin? How many venues are there for you to go play without really leaving the area? Oh, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of venues, a lot of festivals. Um, every uh, all the harbor towns have them. You know, it's in the in the summertime, it's nonstop. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of opportunities. Up and here for are that. You, are you a good ice skater? Yes, so I can you, ice skate. Oh, <laughs> I love ice skating and I love ro- rollerblading too. That's cool because I, I know I could never ice skate. My mom was a great uh, ice skater. But uh, when you live in the Midwest, especially the North Midwest like Wisconsin, it's good if you can skate and ski and all that. Yeah. Now Lake Michigan. I'm, never, a, I'm not a good skier. Right. Not a good skier. Yeah. Okay. But Lake have Michigan, you ever skied before? I have. I have. I'm not a good skier. Uh, for, but I got a funny skiing story for you if you want. Uh, the first time I skied, I was 18, and it was a class thing. It was uh, uh, the high school had a senior day, right? And so we voted on what to do, and a group of us ended up getting to go on a skiing trip. So the first day we get to the in Wisconsin, actually, I'm trying to think, gosh, where where would it have been? Probably not very far north of the state line from Illinois. But at any rate, <clears throat> they give you a lesson on what they called the bunny hill. How to, how to basically put your skis on, slide down the hill, and stop. And that's all you're going to learn today. And tomorrow you get to go down the hill, and then you guys go home. So, of course, we're 18-year-old kids, and we think, oh, now we know how to ski. And so we decide we're going to take the chairlift up to the top of this mountain, or, you know, the ski run, where it's supposed to be the same kind of angle as the bunny hill. It's just a really long one all the way down the hill. So me and two other guys go up. And so we get to the top, and now they've closed that hill off. It's got, like, barriers around, and you can't go down that hill. Well, we should have anyway, because the only other hill you could go down was the Mogul Hill. And we didn't know what that was, but we thought, well, we've got to go down the hill, so let's go down this one. And now it's raining, and the snow is turning into ice. And we start to go down this hill, and it's really flat in the beginning because you're supposed to, you know, and then just falls off at a, at a certain spot, and you have all of the hills and all the holes in the in the. So we just about killed ourselves. We absolutely just about killed ourselves coming down and almost got run over by people who knew what they were doing coming from behind us. And <laughs> and uh, it was just, I, I ended up just leaving my skis off and sliding down on my back the rest of the way. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't even get back up again. 
It was <laughs> that sounds horrible. like my this your your first ski scoot story is better than mine because I I went up on the ski I did the little bunny hill and I was like okay I can do that and then I went up on the ski lift and uh, and when I got off of the ski lift I almost broke my ankle oh my <laughs> like gosh. I like tripped on my skis I was like screw this I'm not even doing this I'm gonna <laughs> kill myself and I took my skis off and I just sort of slid myself down the hill <laughs> yeah. That's actually a very similar story. So we got, I just went about 20 feet farther than you did. So yeah. It's <laughs> crazy. That's funny. Hey, do you remember the name of the place where you were at when you skied that? So I was at, that was at Cascade Mountain in uh, Wisconsin. That sounds does that sound familiar? familiar? It does sound familiar. So I'm thinking you were either at Cascade or does Wilmot sound familiar? You know, gosh, it was... It was a long time ago. That would have been 1977. Because Wilma is like right over the Illinois border. That, it's probably that one then, because we'd have been coming from Peoria, Illinois. So, yeah, yeah, that's probably Cascade where we is is like two hours in, mm-hmm. so they're both kind of close to the border. But yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Have you ever written any songs yeah. about winter sports or the winter wonderland that is Wisconsin? Um, no. Well, we do have a song called Wintertime in June, but that's not about Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. How about holiday songs? Like, could you guys have a Christmas song? You know what? We haven't done that yet, but we want to. Do, have you done that? No, but uh, I know a lot of groups that do, and it gets to be fairly uh, perennial. You know, keep, they keep playing them, so it's kind of a good idea, I suppose. Yeah. You know. But listen, speaking of playing music, let's play another cut of yours. Uh, we've got about 10 minutes before i got to let you go can't believe, man, time flies. Um, but I've got this song called Original Sin. So tell me a little bit about this one. So Original Sin, that's, this is more of a, a, it's a poem. It's about a, uh, a breakup, you know, where you fall in love and then, you know, things happen and, you know, you break up. So it's basically a love story and, uh, and the, the music kind of speaks like in the breakdown, like you have the poem and then the breakdown of the music where the cello comes in and kind of, and they're, they're screaming. It's just kind of like the, the heartbreak and the terror of, of when your relationship goes bad. Okay. Well, let's, let's check this out. And when, uh, when was this song put out? So this is on our, also another song, also on our debut album. Okay. It was put out in 2020. Cool. All right. Well, let's check this tune out called Original Sin from Elliot Waits for No One on the Auto D Show. Again, where my guest is Jenny Frank. And we'll have Jenny right back after this song. Check it out.
You're listening to Auto D coming at you live. And that was original sin from Elliot Waits for No One this evening on the Auto D show, where my guest is a singer and songwriter for the band, Jenny Frank. Jenny, that's another great tune. Really enjoyed that. Thank you. Yeah, that's a. It's kind of it gets intense. It does <laughs> more the, intense than everyone knows. Yeah, the bridge section sounds like all the percussion was mouth made vocalizations. Is that a lot of that going on? That is, yep. That's that a, was uh, Jeff and yeah. uh, and and Brian as well. Yeah, it's a very cool, very cool. Yeah, I think the, I love the track. I love the production. So uh, you know, whatever you've got going on from the team that's deciding on how to dress these tunes, keep that happening because <laughs> they're really sounding great. Really, really dig them. I can't wait Thank for this you. new record. What's it going to be called? It's going to be called The Crazy Swoon. The Crazy Swoon? Yeah. Okay, that's a cool title. Yeah. And you, you don't have an expected release date yet, correct? Um, it should be out. Uh, we're, we're thinking the summer, but it might might be the fall. Okay. Depends on when we get the video done. Okay. And in the meantime, if people want to, you know, hunt you down and follow you or cyber stalk you, where's the best place? So they can find us um, at ElliotWaitsForNoOne.com, um, also Youfno.com, E-W-F-N-O. Um, also, we're on social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Okay. All those. So it sounds, pretty, that, yeah. it sounds pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Um, well, I guess that's about all I've got for you. Do you have anything else you'd like to share? Anything? We uh, thank you. No, I appreciate you having me. Um, this was I. This was a, a good time. I I enjoyed talking with you. Well, thanks for coming on. I know you said you know you're an introvert, and you were really hoping I'd let you have Brian on with you. <laughs> I am well, such an introvert. So yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to him next time. You know, let's. <laughs> I think I just like talking to people, so I think uh, you know it's fun to hear your story, where you came from, and. And then, uh, you know, to have an opportunity to speak with Brian, now it's like, oh, cool. I know he was on the label before. I do a little research. Maybe I'll have some things to ask him about. You know, so it's, for me, it's fun uh, just getting to know people and, and, and know their story. So I want to thank you for coming on. I know it's a little bit later out there in Wisconsin. So I'm sure it's dark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's getting, it's, the sun's going down at like five o'clock now. So it's, it's lasting a little bit longer. But yeah, it's <laughs> definitely dark. Cool. <laughs> All right, Jenny. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. I wish you guys with the band the, the greatest success. I love your stuff. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for playing our tunes. You got it. You take care and have a great night. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. And that's been Jenny Frank with uh, Elliot Waits for No One here on the Auto D Show. So be sure to tune in next week. And if you uh, tell your friends they can check this out tomorrow, it'll be posted, available 24-7.